prisoner wishes to say a word. Are you well? Listen, before I start, there's probably going to be some sweary words in this. Because I'm a bit angry and a bit upset. And I'm going to rant. And when I rant, I tend to swear. Ask anybody who knows me. I'm going to start this with a little timeline for you to give you an idea of where we are to date with regards to the release of prisoners who are at the end of their sentence. On the 25th of March, Michelle Bachelet, who's the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, called for a mass release of prisoners to stop the virus spreading and to help those who were incarcerated. About the same time, the Prison Governors Association and the Prisoner Officers Association came out and said, we need about 15,000 spaces. On the 31st of March, the Ministry of Justice announced the release of pregnant women and those residing in the mother and baby units. Their statement said, we must temporarily release pregnant women from jail. Think about that for a minute. We must temporarily release pregnant women from jail. Not we need to release or we should release, but we must. It's almost as if they didn't want to do it. What do you think? On the 4th of April, they issued another statement about the release of prisoners from the male estate. And they said that the action is being taken is necessary to avoid thousands of prisoners becoming infected. And they decided to target up to 4,000 prisoners. As of the 16th of April, 232 prisoners have tested positive for the coronavirus. 96 prison staff have tested positive. And the virus is in over half the prisons that are in our country. The worst statistic is that 13 prisoners and three prison officers have lost their life to this virus. My love and prayers go out to the family of all these people. Poland, Turkey, the United States, Iran, Canada, Germany have all listened and heeded to Ms. Bachelet's warnings and requests. France has released up to 10,000 prisoners. Northern Ireland's released 200. may not sound a lot, but it's 15% of their population. And what have we done? As of the 14th of April, we had released 14 women and 7 men. And Jesus, we can't even get that right. This morning we heard on the news that up to six men had been released in error. They were fine to be released, but they were just out with the dates. We can't even get that right. On the 17th of April, the Howard League and the Prison Reform Trust issued a letter before action to the Ministry of Justice and to the Secretary of State. A letter before action means that they're applying for a judicial review, so they wanted to go in front of the courts as to what the hell the Ministry of Justice is up to in delaying the release. They said they're going to release them in drips because they want to tag the prisoners. They want to tag the prisoners that are going to be free in 60 days, but they want to tag them for the 60 days beforehand. At what point does this make any sense? 
These people are at the end of their sentences. And this isn't new. In 2008, there was an overcrowding draft in our jails. And the government then decided to release people that were 14 days before the end of their custodial sentence. They would then go out into the community and be monitored by the probation companies. But no, we've turned around. We decided to put a tag on them, tell them they must remain at home, and also warn them that we can recall them to prison at any time for whatever reason until the end of the custodial sentence. I was speaking to a prison governor once who said, when the first conditions came out for the release of the prisoners, he had 35 prisoners eligible for early release. So that's 35 people that would have made the risk assessments that were deemed to be non-violent offenders, non-serious offenders in that they hadn't been convicted of sex offences or whatever it may be. And then the Ministry of Justice comes out and puts more belts and braces on it. And by the end of that whole rigmarole, the governor tells me he's now got zero prisoners that meet the qualifications. As I said in the beginning of this, it's almost like they didn't want to do this. This isn't a case of wanting to do it. This is a case of needing to do it. People are dying in our jails more now. Staff are becoming infected and they're forced to go into work. So they're infecting the prisoners. It's a vicious cycle because not a long time comes where the prisoners will be infecting the prison staff. And it's a never-ending circle. If people can't get this right, what chance do we have? The Ministry of Justice in this case has not acted out of compassion. It's acted out of not wanting to be caught out. They've acted in the thought of the Daily Mail reader being upset that they're going to show humanity and empathy to prisoners. There's a phrase by Emerson that says, whether I'm on the winning or losing side is not the point with me. It's being on the side where my sympathies lie that matters. Success in life means doing that thing which nothing else conceivable seems more noble, satisfying or remunerative and then being ready to see it through to the end. We have to release our prisoners. Not to do so is unconscionable. And it's not rocket science. It's an easy thing to do. Look, it's very simple. Pick those correct who are at the end of their custodial sentence. So they're getting ready to be moved back into the community, back into society. Yes, ensure that they've got somewhere to go to, an address to live at, but that should be done anyway. That shouldn't be new. Okay, release the ones that are in prison who are not in for violent or sexual offences. I understand that. Look, I'm not an abolitionist. I believe in the need for prison. I believe there is a need in society for prison. That's my own opinion, and I'm certainly entitled to it as much as you are entitled to yours. But if you want to empty out the spaces to stop the virus spreading, to stop prisoners dying and stop prison officers dying, then do it properly. I mean, we heard this morning that they had released six men in error from open prisons. God, if you can't get this right, 
There really is no hope for you. It's not rocket science. What you've done to the, as the Ministry of Justice is you've taken away the control again from the governors that know their prison, that know their prisoners. These men and women who are going into work every single day, are going into their jails, they know who needs to be released and who should be released. Let them make the decisions, not you. This isn't a joke. This is serious. Now, those of you who know me and have listened to my rants before know that death and custody and self-inflicted or self-harm is, is a subject so close to my heart. This isn't self-harm. This is us harming them. It's a whole different kettle of fish, isn't it? I hope they get on and do with it. Paulo Coelho once said that a mistake repeated more than once is a decision. And I'm begging the people at HMPPS or the Ministry of Justice or whoever the hell it is, take it up, dust yourself off and get on with this. This will be the making or the ruination of you. Heed my words. So that's the ranty bit over with. Now on to the nice things, eh? The innovation that's been shown by prison staff and prison governors is just outstanding. They're starting to get it, aren't they? They're starting to understand that there's a need to maintain the family ties of a prisoner. Some of the stuff that's been going on is, is brilliant. Prisons are sharing their ideas on social media. Oh, listen, as a side, there's been arguments recently about this TikTok thing that's been going on with prisons challenging each other to do some dance thing. I'm, I'm Scottish, you, you can probably tell. I've got two left feet, I can't dance. And some people have been arguing about it and saying it's disgusting that prison officers are out there dancing when this epidemic or pandemic is going on. You just need to really stop that. If you think for one minute that a prisoner is dying because prison officers are outside releasing some stress and tension by having a laugh, you're sadly mistaken. If it motivates them, if it makes them smile, then can we not just let them do it? We need to concentrate on the more important things. I applaud them for doing this. I think it's hysterically funny watching them trying to dance. But anyway, the ideas that the prisons are sharing on, on social media is just brilliant. You've got the cost of calls to home being decreased. You've got the prisoners being given extra phone credit. God, they're trialling video visits at the moment. Fantastic. You've got prisons asking other prisons going, how can we keep our prisoners happy? How can we keep them occupied? And I've seen it on social media. It's fantastic. The staff are, are, are showing their true colours. As I said in this radio interview, prison officers for me are human beings first and prison officers second. And they're showing their empathy to their fellow human being. The teamwork that they're showing. It's fantastic. But I've got to say one little thing, because it wouldn't be me if I didn't say something that got me upset. Most of you that know me understand that a lot of my work is done in the private sector for Sodexo and Serco and 
I don't think it's right that we don't mention the private sector as well in the jails, that it's all the public sector jails. Don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking what the public sector is doing and has done. I, I, I really am not. But I think we need to pay attention to prison officers as a whole and not the disparity between the private prisons and the public prisons. Some of the private organisations have done wonderful things that nobody's gone on about. And I don't think that's right, is it? Serco did a great thing where they recorded the Easter services because the men weren't able to obviously go to the, the church or the chapel uh, and pay their respects. So they recorded it all and put it out in the prison TV channels. That's fantastic, isn't it? Random acts of kindness. Sodexo were the first organisation to reduce the calls to prisoners and then other people you know, followed suit. I think we need to pay them a bit of respect. I think it would be a good thing. My, my, my worry is that this must continue after this pandemic has passed. We're seeing innovation at its highest. And maybe, yes, it is sad that it's taken a pandemic of this magnitude to get everybody to work together. It's a wee subject for my next podcast in the next couple of days, I think. I hope it continues. Before I leave you, can I say that when it comes to the release of the prisoners, can we stop saying, please, that this is a campaign to release prisoners from the degradation of the jails? I don't want you to say it's a campaign. Do you mind? Because campaigns finish. This should never finish. The innovation that's going on in the jails should never finish. It's not a campaign to help our prisoners during the pandemic. It's a humanity thing to do. It's a human reflex to help people. And we're seeing now that it's happening. Don't let it stop. Listen, I've gone on for long enough. You've all probably gone to sleep. Thank you so much for listening to me. And before I go, I'm going to say it again. Thank you to every prison officer in the country, whether you be private or public. Thank you for going into the jails. To the governors and directors, because we can't forget them, because they're the suits. Thank you for turning up every single day. For those prison staff who are self-isolating, and there's about 7,500 of you, I hope you get well soon. To the probation officers, to the healthcare staff, to the charities that are working in jails. God love you all. I just always will walk in the shadow of you. I'll speak to you soon. Good luck. I don't know if you can see changes that have come over me in these last few days I've been afraid Singing songs that make me think about where I came from. That's the reason why I sing.